My name is Kay Rotry. I'm David Graham. I'm James Burnett. And you're listening to the Light Among Darkness podcast. Hey, welcome back, guys. Welcome to Light Among Darkness episode. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a minute, but it's good. Today, we are going to be answering some questions that some people that we put out on our story asked us to answer to or give our best abilities through the word of the Bible to answer and what God wants us to tell you guys tonight. So I'm going to kick it out to James to start us off. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, thank, first off, I want to thank y'all for these um, questions. These are really good questions. We were just looking at these and we were just like, wow, <laughs> how could we not answer these? Of course. <laughs> but like the first question I would, um, from JR, uh, how to be consistent in your faith. Thank you for this question, by the way. That's a really good question. And I would like to start that off of a verse, um, Romans 10, 11. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How to be consistent with your faith. It starts in the word. You have to be rooted in the word. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if that's the case, then being rooted in the word, it's not, this is a very, this is a very hard thing too. being consistent with your faith is, when things get hard in your life and very trialing and it seems like everything's all against you and there's just a lot going around you and it's just hard to stay consistent. I know, I know what you mean there. Like you feel exhausted and every, everything just seems like it's going downhill. But if you read through um, James one, three, two, four, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So it's gonna take it's gonna take patience through these times. Of course, this can mean a lot of things. You could you could be saying like consistency. Like, what do you mean by consistency? You know, through your faith. You mean by going through storms? You mean by by going through difficulties? But in general, just staying rooted in the word and staying rooted in, staying rooted in the word. That's that's where you're going to have your faith consistent and being in prayer and just continuing to seek Christ throughout everything. And he, he'll build your faith up and he's the one that's going to help you through it. And then his word and you continue to read his word and it'll just it'll just continue to build your faith up. There's something I'd like to mention. Um, James 2.26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So just know that your faith, your faith, it requires, it requires fruits. Now, don't get me wrong here. You might say, what do you mean by works? Not by just your doings and what you do, but just what your heart desires and your faith is going to, your faith is going to show, it's going to show fruits. It's going to show those works later on and how to be consistent with that. Just know that you have to stay rooted in the word and staying rooted in the word of God throughout everything. And don't, don't, 
get distracted. Don't get distracted. The the one thing, the worst thing you can do is just go off track and just look at be lazy. Don't don't be lazy. That's kind of hard to say, but like being lazy, being kind of lazy, it just it, it will lose your desire to read the word. Being lazy, as in like you know, not not praying that much, not slowing your prayer time and slowing your time reading the word. Just continue to read the word, continue to pray, and and ask God if you if you ask God for this, ask Him to give you strength and ask Him to give you the courage to continue to carry on. He will give you strength. He will give you strength to carry on throughout your faith. Um, well, good job, James. Uh, I think you hit that pretty well on the nail with your question about being consistent. That's always a good question. Good question, bro. Um, so this question um, was by Grace Elizabeth. And this question is kind of tough, but it's kind of easy at the same time. The way that you look at it is, here's the question, is how do you know if the Bible is real? Okay, so like good books, all right, this is going, the way that I will answer this is by off of my illustration. This is an illustration that I think God wants me to use right now. And you know how books, when you, read a book, they come out with more copies and come out with more copies about the same thing, the same author, the same ending, the the whole same plot line, okay? If the Bible wasn't real, we wouldn't see places on the map that are in the Bible, right? Jerusalem, Israel, okay? The Red Sea, okay? We, We see all this stuff on the map. So, like, they... Uh, for us um, humans to take away those areas on the map and just put up names and they just don't match up with the Bible. I, I don't get that. We couldn't just pick out and be oh, go through the alphabet like we do on hurricanes and pick up hurricane, um, pick out hurricane Katrina, okay, and go down the alphabet. I mean, we couldn't just go and be like, mm, Jerusalem sounds like a nice name. Hmm, Bethlehem. Oh, that's a city. Oh, okay. Oh, Israel. Mm, okay. That's a that's a that's a that's a nation. Mm. Oh, mm. oh, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, for us to be able to pick those names out <clears throat> and put them on a map and say, "Yeah, that's Jerusalem. That's Israel." And uh yeah, no, we couldn't be able to do that. So, that that's one piece. How the Bible is real. Now. Here's another reason how the Bible is real. Because you see day-to-day things. Every every day you see how how the story of the Bible lines up with, with this, with um how the world was made. Seven-day creation. Okay. We and with that said, it was seven literal days. And how we know that is because we have seven days of the week. And we didn't just pick seven days of the week and start over, right? I feel like I feel like seven days, seven days that God created and then seven days of the week. I, I think that's kind of crazy that we have that. And then also in the in Genesis it talks about on the first day God created. 
okay? He created everything, but day and light, okay? And he called light and darkness good. So, like, the reason, the thing that we still have that is kind of fascinating, that we still have light and darkness, and we call that dark is when we go to bed and light is is when we go to work. So the way that I see that is how we see all this stuff coming back on top of each other to be, it is real. And how did the Grand Canyon be formed? The only, people can make up all this stuff and say, well, Pangea, Pangea. And I'm like, oh, oh okay, oh, all right. But the way that I see it, that there was a fraud. And the reason why they're still finding dinosaurs over here, dinosaur fossils, in in uh, throughout our country and throughout the world is because there was a big flood. Um, uh, Noah in the ark, uh, Noah built the ark under God's uh, commandments, under God's authority. He told him to build an ark and pit all his families in there and pit the animals that God instructed for him to put in to save the earth, to save God's world. And God flushed it clean with water and for 40 days. And so throughout that, I feel like with all that water and all that force from big waves and think about it, it could have been just like tsunamis coming in, okay? Think about that. I think that's good enough to make the Grand Canyon. I I, I strongly back that up. I feel like that made the Grand Canyon. Uh, we didn't just stick dynamite in there and light a match and walk away. I feel like God, Partique that and made the Grand Canyon for his glory. That's why a lot of people go to the Grand Canyon to hike and to see it, see how beautiful it is. But how do we know the Bible is real? Back to the main question is that we see it being written over and over and over. And we see it in real life. We see it throughout history. Um, the United States, in God we trust. We see it, we see it, we see it, we see it. So if it wasn't real, why are people still talking about it and spreading the word and making more copies every day? So the Bible is real because it is. it keeps being made over and over, and it started back in Genesis. And you see our history in the Bible is still alive on this current day. So that was a good question by Grace Libribus. Yeah, kick it over to David. Yes, sir. Good answers. You know, the Bible is God's word and he says it's true. We believe it. So I got a question by Ari Ari. The question is, is it faith or works that gets us to heaven? Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, I believe has the answer for this. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So like you think about you think about this idea of, of faith or works that gets us to heaven. Ephesians 2 just answered that. It said, for you are saved by grace through faith. So if, if it was works that got us into heaven, It wouldn't, it would be more of a measuring up type of situation. I have to measure up. I have to be good enough today. I have to be that. But, you know, with Jesus and the relationship we have with Christ, it's not even about our works. 
it's through him. It's through faith. And faith is a gift that he gives us. Amen. So there is a correlation with faith and knowing God and works. Those things are all linked because in James 2.26, it says, like James mentioned, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So this, I don't believe this is saying that, you know, your works are going to get you into heaven. It's more saying your faith in God, that God has given you that faith and your trust in God will produce works. Exactly. So I, I think that faith, I know that the Bible says that faith is the gift of God. Salvation is the gift of God. And it's through faith are we saved by grace. So works will follow that faith. The works aren't what's going to get you to heaven. You'll never be good enough on your own. You'll never be able to earn your salvation. You'll never be able to work your way into heaven. That's not happening. Don't don't buy into that lie, but be aware that it's a gift. And Jesus Christ gives that gift to everybody, all who believed. All you have to do is believe. It's available. It's a good question, but I'm swinging back to James. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. These are really good questions, guys. We uh, We really appreciate these. Another question is, how can I trust my prayers will be heard by Bex? Uh, this, thank you for this question. I'm going to try and answer this the best way possible. As it says in Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known by unto God. 1 John 5, 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So how do we know if that's that's a really good question. How do we know if God hears our prayers? Well, I guess the question I ask, I'm gonna have to ask you a question. What is your faith in your prayers? Do you have mm. do you have do you have faith in your prayers that God's gonna answer them? Because he'll answer your prayers as long as you have, as long as you believe that he's going to answer them. Now it may, it may take a while. It may take a long time for those prayers to be answered. I don't know. I don't know when he's going to answer those prayers for you, but it's in God's timing, of course. But as long as you have, as long as you have faith behind those prayers and you believe that he's going to answer those prayers and you know, without a shadow of a doubt that he hears you, he will, he will answer those prayers and you ask according to his will, his way, whatever you ask. Exactly. Don't ask for selfish things. <laughs> oh. Don't ask for things that will benefit your flesh or anything that will benefit you and yourself. No, ask things that will benefit you spiritually. Ask them things that will help help others out, you know? And don't ask anything that's going to raise yourself higher. But, like, ask, 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 ask God for things that just matters most. And what does it say in the word? Ask according to his will. You ask according to his will and his way. And what would God want you to ask, you know? That's the thing. You can ask God to give you wisdom. Ask God to grow your faith up. You can ask him for anything, of course. But as long as it's not selfish things and 
something to raise yourself higher. But how do you know if he's answering your prayers? You just got to believe. You got to have faith and you got to believe he's going to answer your prayers and he'll hear your prayers. And that's what he will do. And you believe you have faith in that. Kind of like what we're saying, man. You just just have just have that belief and just have that faith and that he's gonna answer and and give him thanks. Give him thanks, uh, of course, because that matters as well. But believe you will receive and you'll get you'll get it and he will give you it. And that's the best way I can answer that right there is just just believe in the prayers. Just have faith that he hears your prayers. Don't doubt. Don't doubt him. But just believe. Believe that you receive and it will be yours. So I hope I hope that was the best way I could answer that question there. Thank you for that question, by the way. Uh, I'm going to let Gabe, Gabe uh, do his now. Yeah, this is uh, nah, that was a good point. Hitting that off, James. Good work. Good work. Um, so this next uh question I got is from Grace Elizabeth. It is how to please God with money. Man, that that's a that's a it easy, but once again, another which way you look at it, it can be a tough one. It could be an easy one. I'm in the middle. Look, James said something in his last answer. Don't, when you ask for prayer, like, don't ask for fresh stuff that you need, okay? Where I'm at, and to answer this question, is don't, don't use your money for fresh stuff. Hold up. You you may be like, well, so no food, okay? God said uh, back at the um, well, he said that he is living water. He's all that we need, okay? So how do we please God with money? It's it's the way we use money, okay? It's a one way to go um, down and buy a bunch of beer and a bunch of all that stuff. And um, un- do not please the Lord with your money. If you do that, then that leads down multiple paths and doesn't get any easier. But if you please... Uh, God with your money, which is not being foolish, put money away, save your money, give money to the church. It also talks about in the Bible, giving to the needy and helping out homeless people. I feel like that's a that's a way to please God with money. It's by giving to the needy. Is that It's kind of ironic that the Bible talks about doing that giving money to the needy or giving people to people that don't have much. And I feel like the reason I feel like God, God has some of these poor people or needy people that need our help on earth is because I feel like God put them there on purpose to see who will step out and give them an extra 20 bucks, give them an extra 15 bucks. And now I get it. There's a lot of stuff that factors in when you see the lady on the side of the street holding up a sign saying, oh, I lost my job. I only have five bucks left. Can I get a dollar? I get that. And she's in nice clothes. I get that. But 
at this point in the game. It is following out what God says and give them five bucks so they can go get what they need. But all that always pops in my head, discussion, like, what do you think they use it for? I got, I've been training myself and thoughts on this one. It's like, let that go and just do what God commanded me to do is give money out. And so how do you please God with your money? It's by saving, tithing. When I mean tithing, I mean giving to the church. Not, I, I mainly to your church, but if you visit another church and God's calling you to give, give, okay? It's not for all, only members only. Yeah, y'all can only the members. Yeah, 80 plus members only uh, can put in this basket. No, it doesn't. In the Bible, it doesn't state that. It states give money to the church, okay? So that doesn't mean if you're a visitor, you just slip by the offering box okay maybe god's not telling you to give there okay then don't do it but if god's calling you to and you just let the basket go right by then you disobeyed so and it's kind of it's kind of funny because some pastors i hear messages about money and about giving i'm like this is just a sell pitch to get money but it, God's saying, well, he's right in some areas that he, God does command us to give. So we need to give to the church to keep them going, to keep their ministry going, and give to your local goodwill. Okay? They give to the needy. They have super low prices. Trust me, half my wardrobe is from goodwill. Okay? They have like organizations like James, his dad's running. A Bible outreach ministry. Give to them. They're giving Bibles to the world for free. Okay, that's a lot. And so it's the way you spend your money. Ask God. Um, give them a prayer and ask God to give you wisdom how to spend money. And that that's all there is to it. So tithing and giving, because that's in our that's what God commands us to do is to give to the church. And God will protect you. And really, we don't need our money because you can't buy anything in heaven. You can't use a million dollars to get into heaven. It's not, it doesn't work like that. Because if that was the case, I done lost my luck. Okay. But that's not the case. So, bottom line is, God asks us to give to the needy and give to the church. So, that's all. Kick it back to David. It's a good answer. Um, you know, money is one of those things that we can try to cling to as if God doesn't own everything. He's gonna, he can supply all our needs. One of the, I know one of the biggest challenges, one of the biggest tests we can experience is with the money, you know, with that dollar. What are we going to do with it? But I was asked a question by Timothy. He says, how to stay focused in a world made to distract? I think one of the best ways that I stay focused in this world is if you just wake up every day and you refresh your mind with the truth of God and you think to yourself, what will benefit my life today? What will benefit my soul today? So you can equip the eternal perspective, which looks at the things of, hey, that's a lost soul. Hey, my father in heaven is he pleases what I'm doing. If, if I look at this as he please. So 
one of the best ways that I stay focused is remembering God through every second of the day as best as I can. Because the moment you go out into the world and you have not prayed, you have not read your Bible, it's like you just have no covering. And your mind is open to all the filth that's out there. But everything in this world wants to get your time because time is the most valuable thing you have to offer. This world wants to fill your mind with a whole bunch of filth and junk. But if you can learn to stay focused and to keep your mind upon God, that's what's going to help you. I know it's, it's cliche, keep your mind on God, but you may ask, how do I do that? What are you listening to throughout the day? What type of music do you listen to? We probably all listen to music, but what type of music do you listen to? What kind of books do you read? How much time do you spend watching the television? See, those are all outlets that the devil likes to use to distract us. I'm not saying TV is necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying music's a bad thing. I'm not saying books are a bad thing, but what are you reading about? What are you listening to? Are those words glorifying to God? Is what's coming through the TV glorifying to God? That it's the little things that really try to get our distraction, get us distracted to the point where we think that it's just a way of life almost. But yeah, my, my best advice to you is just to seek God in everything you do. The scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So to seek God daily as much as you can and, and think about in your heart, what can I do today to please the father? Not that it's about works, but that'll help keep you focused on what life is about. It's about Jesus Christ being life because he is life. Yeah, so thank you guys for listening to the first part of the Q&A. We're going to be back with the second part, so just stay tuned. And once again, light among darkness.